in the arena, two combatants will engage in glorious battle. Only one may stand. This is Super Fights. Super Fights. Who would win and who would lose? I know it's hard, you'll have to choose. It's Super Fights! Hello and welcome to the Super Fights podcast. This is the podcast where two fictional characters enter the Super Fights arena and they both leave because it's all imaginary, but we will find out who would win if they got in a fight. Today, I have a very special guest... It's my little brother, Joel. Hello. <laughs> Say hi, Joel. Hello. Yeah, sorry, you already said hi. Say hi again. Uh, hello. <laughs> Just keep saying hi. All right. Joel and I are going to have a competition on who can have the most beautiful mellifluous. What's that word? Mellifluous. Mellifluous mm-hmm. voice for this. We both have that deep baritone, baby. Mm. Mm, yeah. Listen mm. to that. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm home for the weekend with my family, so uh, my my brother Joel is going to be my guest today. Joel is not an entertainer. He's a student, so it's a little different than normal, but it's very fun for me to have my brother on my podcast. Joel, how you, how you doing? I'm doing swell. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't realize you were from the 50s. <laughs> I, I like to use 50s terminology. It's more fun that way. <laughs> swell. Well, let's jump right into it today. We, so when I was talking to Joel about the combatants I wanted to do today... Uh, We wanted to do something that we had sort of a shared history with, which our family uh, collectively are a bunch of huge nerds Mm -hmm. and have a deep abiding love for science fiction. Mm -hmm. And there are several shows that we have all watched together as a family. And the ones where the characters uh, that we're going to talk about today are from two of those shows that I would say our family basically watched almost every episode of together. Yes. As as many as we could. Most definitely. Uh, So today in the arena... We have the 11th Doctor from Doctor Who. And, Joel, tell him the other one. And we have the entire crew of the Starship Enterprise from Star Trek Next Generation, but like the middle part, not the beginning where Tasha Yar was there, because she's, she's lame. She's great. Agree to disagree. <laughs> I like Tasha. It's uh, specifically led by Captain Jean-Luc Picard. Yes. Red alert. All hands to battle stations. Engage. So we have, uh, we decided that we have Captain Jean-Luc Picard with the Enterprise and his whole crew versus just the Doctor and his sonic screwdriver. Wait, so clarifying question. Are there any companions with Eleven in this fight? Well, like, that's a good question. Is this, okay. is this Amy and Rory? Like eleventh do- mm. Doctor, or is this Clara eleventh Doctor? Um. Oh, I'm sorry, not eleventh, tenth. Oh, what am I saying? Oh, oh my, that tenth changes doctor. the whole game. That changes everything. Wow. Okay, so sorry, bait and switch. It's the tenth Doctor. So many companions to choose from. That Rose, mm-hmm. Donna, mm-hmm. Martha. Mm-hmm. Um. Let's. I think. Uh. That's a good question. Let's go with who do you think he's at is most effective? Ooh. Um, I'm gonna go with Donna. Okay. I think it's the. You've, you've I think always doing, had a special place in your heart for Doctor Donna. I do love Donna. I do love the. I do love the Doctor Donna. So I think we're going tenth Doctor with Donna because I think okay. that's when he's kind of at his most. He's not distracted by mm-hmm. love. 
good, yes. And he's not, like, having to fend off uh, and feeling awkward about Martha's affections. Yes. He's just with his buddy. Nice. Okay, and I would also love to see um, uh, Donna interact with uh, Jean-Luc. That would be amazing. That would be fun. Yeah, so we're going – I'm sorry I said the 11th Doctor earlier. That was a slip of the tongue. We're going 10th Doctor Mm -hmm. and Donna and his his trusty sonic screwdriver. No TARDIS. Oh. No TARDIS. That's a whole new – that's a whole new ball game. Two, I think the TARDIS gives him too much of an edge. Fair. Versus the Star so, Trek Enterprise led by C- Captain Jean-Luc Picard. Fight! So classic Russell T. Davies device where the Doctor's just without his TARDIS. Like yeah, the, the, tar- <laughs> the TARDIS is stuck somewhere and it's broken for some reason. Yep. Nice. Uh, mumbo-jumbo sci-fi reasons. Good. Okay, so that's our combatants today. Now, we watched basically all of Star Trek Next Generation together. Yeah. Uh, back whenever you still had to get DVDs. From Netflix. Yes. And we got the DVDs from Netflix to watch that. Uh, also watched a lot of the other Star Treks together as a family, mm-hmm. but mainly Next Generation. And we also started watching Doctor Who on Netflix, I believe, back when you still had to get DVDs. Uh, no, it was streaming at that point. No, no, no. It would have been DVDs at first. Uh, okay, I think you're right. Um, yes, so this was back in the old days. For those of you who are Joel's age, <laughs> uh, I know you remember it, but it was... Man, those of you you youngins, you might not recall back in the days when you couldn't just stream everything automatically. People had to send you DVDs, mm-hmm. which is crazy. That people were just mailing a bunch of DVDs all around yeah. all the time. It was beautiful. It was, <laughs> it, was nice. it was a beautiful different time. So let's get started, and I want us uh, to say who we think would win on the count of three, okay? Okay. Do you have it in your brain? I think so. Okay. Three, two, one. Star the Doctor. Trek crew. Ooh, that's dang! This is this this is this. I keep getting into fights with my guests. No, it's okay. It's okay. No, it's not a fight. This 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 podcast isn't about debating. It's not about fighting. It's about getting down to the nitty gritty. We're just talking about facts here. Okay. All right. So, uh, you think Star Trek Enterprise? Yeah. I think the Doctor. Yes. Well, um, Star Trek Next Gen. Let's be careful. Sorry, Star you're Trek right. Enterprise. My my fault. Yeah. Uh, expound a little bit. Why do you think that they, why do you think that the uh, that Jean Luc and his crew would be able to take to take down the Doctor in uh, mano a mano combat? Yeah. So you know, for like the first two seconds, I was totally down with the Doctor winning because the Doctor like stopped a fleet of Daleks from taking over the world. See, that was my thought. Yeah, but then I was remembering through my Star Trek lore, mm-hmm. and I, I I I thought about Q and how often the Star Trek oh. crew has dealt with an omnipotent like that's true being. And they took him down every time. But it was usually through finaglings and things of that nature. Um, that's but, true. So that's my main reasoning, is their, is their prior experience with Q. I forgot about Q. You're right. That is something I had not thought of. Here's my thing of why I think the Doctor would win. Uh, I think Jean-Luc is good at talking. I think the Doctor's better at talking. Mm. I think specifically the Tenth Doctor's better at talking. Mm. And I think he would be able to talk his way out of any situation that they would find themselves in if they were fighting the Enterprise. So let's get down to specifics a little bit okay. of where they find themselves uh, in this battle. Yeah. So normally I do like a New York street with no bystanders around, but that doesn't make sense for this battle. Okay. Uh, I think what happens is uh, the Doctor finds himself on the uh, NC... What is it? NCC seventeen oh one. I knew D. you'd. I knew you'd know. <laughs> no, wait. It might be C. I think it's D though. It's well. There's no way to know. Oh, we could look it up. But we're just gonna say we're just gonna go and we'll call it the NC seventeen. Oh, wait, no, that's NCC something else. NCC seventeen oh one. Okay, so he finds himself on the ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tardis is br- busted. Of course. He is does not know these people. Does not know the Federation. 
And so it's that classic, like, misunderstanding we have to fight first. Yes. Same thing with the Enterprise. They have a, uh, they have two uh, unrecognized, unlike categor- categorized people on the ship with Donna and the Doctor. Mm. And crazy energy readings coming from the Broken TARDIS. Nice. Um, so they also are like, we have to get this guy. So I think it's on the Enterprise, which sort of gives the Enterprise home field advantage. Yeah. But I think that's the only way that these two end up fighting where they have the Enterprise as part of their um, sort of in their kit of things they can use. Okay. So so spin me a scenario here. So like the doctor arrives, what, we get two red shirts and they, they go down to check things out? Yeah. They go, yeah that, that's, that's a good point because they, they have numbers on their side. Yeah. So red shirts go down to check things out. The doctor's not going to kill anybody. That's the thing. Yeah. If our people are acting in character here, which we always say that they're acting in character first. If they're acting in character here, the doctor's not going to kill anybody. Mm-hmm. But if these red shirts come down and start messing with the TARDIS, he might subdue them. Mm. Or, you know, my, my first thought is I think the red shirts come down and check it out. The doctor steps out and says, like, just hello. Yeah. I think he talks. I think that's the first thing he does. I think Donna well, does the same thing because they're both very talkative. Yeah. So I think I think that's the first thing here is this isn't so much I mean this is how the doctor fights people is by talking to them to mm-hmm. start. So yeah, I think I think he talks first. I think he gets I think he gets to talk to the captain. I think he gets to talk to Jean-Luc before anything else even happens. Probably. I would say so. Um real quick, this is a side note, but I just want to say that if this was the ninth doctor with like Rose and Captain Jack, I totally would pick them to win. Mm. I don't know why that popped into my head. But I just felt that was important to get out there. That's a good point. I feel like they would. I feel like they would also win because they were a little more aggressive. Yeah, but yeah, that's a great thing about ten is is he's he's just a lot less aggressive. But also, it's interesting because if you're talking like once they stopped doing the episodic uh, Doctor Who and they started going to like the hour the and a half long specials, mm-hmm. like when it he started was... to get a little more scary. Right when he was by so himself. So can we talk about like whether it's like beginning of fourth season or like the end of tenants i think beginning of fourth season when he and don i'm i'm envisioning like planet of the ood when ah like classic classic yeah. donna and the doctor okay when, when they're just together and they're pals and they're just like saving people mm-hmm. before the before the doctor loses donna and has to sort of and starts going off on his own and becomes kind of a force of nature all all in himself um but agreed i, th- I think i think the ninth doctor with rose and especially with captain jack was involved oh, yeah. captain jack I think they would take down the Enterprise without a second thought, especially if they thought they were, um, if they were bad. The other thing I thought of that would be a situation where they, where they would get in a fight would be if the Enterprise was breaking the Prime Directive mm. and sort of trying to, because I mean the Doctor's done that too, but if the Doctor thought that these that the Enterprise was going to set off some event that was against, like that would mess with the time stream, I feel yep. like they would definitely intervene. Yeah. Uh, and then, funnily enough, I think if it was the 11th Doctor, I think they would lose. I yeah. think the, doc- the 11th Doctor would lose. I don't know why. Yeah. But that's my thoughts. But we're talking about the 10th. Okay. So I think he gets in to talk to Jean-Luc, I think, before anything else happens. Yes. Um, I-, I can see the episode right now, and he just pops out, and he's very – he's just like, hello. Yep. That's my David Tennant impression. <laughs> it's not great, but I can It's not it. great. Uh, it's not good either. It's pretty bad. Um. But yeah, I think he just talks first. I think he, I think he has a nice little chat with Jean Luc in the in the captain's quarters, and they talk about everything that's happening. That's the thing. If these guys were actually in character, they wouldn't really fight. No, and and I think it's also important to make sure that like we go through the chain of command here. So I think like first things first, um, like Worf gets called in. Sure. And and and, and Worf he... has no idea how to deal with the Doctor. No, I think Worf tries to fight the Doctor. Probably. And. 
and that's and poor Worf has to get beaten by everybody to show that they are that they are a worthy opponent. Yeah. Because that's the classic trope of like you have the big tough guy and he has to get beaten so you know that the bad guys are powerful. Yeah. So Worf comes in, tries to physically engage the doctor, I think. Uh, and the doctor just takes him out um, with maybe you know, something really simple, mm-hmm. maybe just a sonic screwdriver, and he like blows up his phaser or something. Ooh, ooh, good, good point. The sonic screwdriver can totally immobilize the phasers. Yes, so uh, exactly. So I think that's probably what happened. You know, like red shirts come down, they have the phasers out. The doctor's like, bzz, bzz, oh, sorry, I don't like guns. And then the red shirts like, we need backup. Worf comes down and he's like, oh, what's all this now? And has his phaser out. The doctor's like. All you people and your guns, and just boop, zzz, zaps out a couple more phasers. Worf's been taken out. He doesn't know what to do. Calls in the captain. Okay. Or calls in Riker. Ooh. I feel oh, like he's no. got to go through Riker. He's got to go through Riker first. If we're going through chain of command, I mean, we got to go through You don't just command. call in John. You don't just call in the captain. John Luke's like, Riker, go off and. That's I mean, my. Picard's, That's my Picard impression. Picard's got to sit around drinking his Earl Grey, you know? He doesn't got time to just talk with every he's, errant alien. Yeah, he's flirting with Beverly. He's oh. got things to do. Oh, Beverly Crusher. Mm. Uh, he's he's punching Wesley in the face. He's got stuff to do. As Wesley If anybody deserves. doesn't listen to Star Trek or doesn't listen to Star Trek, <laughs> have you guys listened to the <laughs> the only audio only Star Trek episodes? That'd be terrible. Um, yes. If you if you haven't watched Star Trek or Doctor Who, you probably don't know exactly what we're talking about. Um, sorry. Google it. I guess. Um, this is yeah. Also, you're like thirty years behind. So yeah. Where are you? Come on, get with it. Nerddom is cool now. <laughs> Uh, so, yes, he has to go to Riker, and, spoiler alert, Donna thinks Riker's very hot. Who doesn't? I think everybody does. Yeah, that, true. Oh, that hairy chest. Mm-hmm. Oh, once he got the beard. Before he got fat, but he had the beard. That yeah, nice that's, middle, that's, that, that primo Riker. Mm, mm-hmm. That perfect era where he was just a sex appeal, like incarnate. Yeah. For some reason, in the 90s, we liked hairy men. It we was... did. Al Borland from Home Improvement. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sex symbol, Richard Karn. Um, I, <laughs> the scientist guy from Jurassic Park. Jeff Goldblum? Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, Thank dude. You. Sorry, I couldn't remember his name. Dr. Mal- Dr. Ian Malcolm. Mm-hmm. Uh, forget about it. So I think Riker comes, when Riker comes in, the doctor is very focused and he's like, we're going to get out of here. And then all of a sudden Donna's like, well, hold on now. Well, hold on. This shit might not be so bad. Mm-hmm. So I think they're, I, I'm now envisioning this as an episode. Okay. Of, of Star Trek or of Doctor Who. See, that's the issue that I'm having here is I'm like, I'm waffling back and forth because I can totally see David Tennant's head popping out of like the TARDIS because that's just classic. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm having trouble meshing these two things into my mind. But I think the scenario that has to go down here is the classic, the TARDIS took us here because you know how many times right. they play that trope of like, the doctor doesn't actually know where he's going. He just hits some buttons and then the TARDIS takes him where he needs to be to fix something, right? Right. So there's something going down here that needs to be fixed. I'm feeling like it's going to be a Borg scenario because that Ooh. seems like the most likely thing to have uh, the Doctor get called in on. Um, but, you know, maybe it's something that's just completely unknown. Maybe it's an unknown factor. Um, but I think of the Star Trek aliens, Star Trek villains that we would have to deal with, the Borg would be the most likely to be the Doctor. The Borg are, I think, the most similar analog to a doctor who mm-hmm. they're, they're very cybermen they're very cyber they're very dalek-y yeah that that, that whole like mm, join us or be destroyed yeah i mean like even their, their catchphrases impressions you are <laughs> even their catchphrases like exterminate assimilate right yeah. you'll be assimilated resistance is futile mm-hmm. um yeah exterminate it's a classic doctor who villain delete delete yeah the board could absolutely i'm doing so many impressions <laughs> you have to stop me 
<laughs> next time I do it, just punch me, Joel. Okay. Um, please actually do. But before they get to working together, they have to get put us like attack each other because that's what that's what always happens. Oh yeah. Before you know that you're friends. So in this episode, I think that uh, something goes down. There's some kind of misunderstanding, mm. and like maybe Wesley. <laughs> Wesley's like, oh, I know what to do. Uh, that was not an impression. That was just me being a small boy. Wesley's like, I know what to do. And then maybe he takes, he somehow, using his boy geniusness, like, causes the TARDIS to be moved into the security bay or something. Who knows? Okay. And then the doctor immediately is like, what? This isn't, you guys are attacking me now on my ship? And the doctor, um, all of a sudden, is like, Donna, come on, we're on the run. And they're running through the ship, accessing different parts. Ooh. Oh, great thing. He opens up the holodeck. Holodeck, that's what I was going to say. Yep. yep. I, I think this fight definitely goes into the holodeck. Yeah. And the doctor, with his uh, encyclopedic knowledge of, of history, especially of human history, um, is absolutely at home in all of the historic and artistic situations that are yeah. programmed into the holodeck. Um, or maybe it's Data. Maybe Data comes along and is like, uh, I think actually Wes- Wesley would be the one to, to make that happen. He'd be the one to be like, oop, it was all a misunderstanding. I didn't mean to. Yeah. Um, so, yes. Now they're on the run. Uh, so this is after talking to Riker. This is after talking to Riker, and Donna's like, oh, and Riker's like, oh, yeah, I'm a young lady. Mm-hmm. And there's obvious palpable sexual tension, but of course. Wesley ruins things like he does. Yes. And now the Doctor's on the run. So mm-hmm. I, that's my thing is I think if the Doctor's on the run, the Enterprise is like literally a toy to him. Mm-hmm. So that was well, that's part of the reason why I think he would win if he, had, if he was tasked with taking down the Enterprise. He could do it easily. Yeah. Because, because yeah. with I mean, just with the sonic screwdriver, he could probably re, he could he could reprogram the holodeck. He could do whatever he wants in the holodeck. He could I feel like he could take over the entire ship just with his screwdriver if he had the ability if he had like the chance to. So that's why I think he would win. Okay, is if the doctor is inside. See so that that's the thing. Is if, he, if he's inside the Enterprise, I think he takes it out easily. Okay. So he's where where are we in the episode now? He's on he's on the run. I like this going through kind of like what would it would be if it was an episode. Yes. He's on the run. Picard gets called in now. Yeah, so so he's on the run. He goes to the holodeck. We have some fun tomfoolery in Ooh, there. Ooh, he's absolutely in the holodeck. And then who shows up? It's Jean-Luc. He doesn't know who Jean-Luc is yet. Mm. But he's maybe in disguise as one of his Shakespearean characters that he still loves to play. Oh, and it's perfect because David Tennant's a Shakespearean actor. And Yes. Oh! Oh, God. This is great fan fiction we're writing. <laughs> So we so we get into the holodeck and and David and the doctor's like oh it, it seems to be we have to play our parts or something along mm-hmm. these lines oh oh and then we got like some major crossover happening because what do we got we got Patrick Stewart and we got David Tennant they already were in Hamlet together they already were in Hamlet together so what oh we can God. have we can have Jean Luc and he's being Claudius right and yes. then and then yes. the doctor pretends to be Hamlet and then we're we're just integrating royal Shakespeare that's, into oh this. okay that that's what happens is they find themselves and they're in Hamlet and then David and then the doctor starts like he's like oh. I wonder if I remember this one. And he starts just doing a Hamlet monologue. And then Jean-Luc comes up as Claudius, finishes the scene with him. And then the doctor's like, oh, wow, this technology is great. And then Jean-Luc is like, yeah, you're coming with me. <laughs> Yanks him out of the holodeck. Nice. And it, this is good. Uh, trademark all of this. <laughs> We're going to write this episode. Mail it in. Mail it in. We need to call the – I think IDW has the comics for these. And oh, like, yeah, 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 they do. Yeah, and we can do a sweet match. I think they already did a Doctor Who they did. Star Trek mashup, they but this did. one's better than whatever they did. Yeah. So I think that's what happens is they end up in a Shakespearean one, and Donna's on the side. Also having done Shakespeare with with David Tennant. True. Uh, maybe there's a little bit of – I think it was much to do about nothing. It was. Yeah. 
Um, so maybe there's a little bit of much ado in there. Who mm-hmm. knows? Yeah. So then I think we got time. I, I think at the, we got time. We got we got time to fill. So I think that's when the uh, Jean Luc pulls him into his office and is okay. like, "Hey, what are you doing?" Here? And then we get down to the Jean Luc and Ten talking battle. Talking battle where they're okay. just back and forth, back and forth. Which okay, that's the question: Who talks? Who's who's a better diplomat? Okay, so here's here's my thing, right? Uh, David Tennant, he can talk a million miles an hour, right? Ten. But does doctor? he say anything? No. But John Luke, <laughs> most deliberate speaker ever. That's very true. He is a man of honestly few words, mm-hmm. and they're powerful words when he does talk. So I think, yeah, I think you're right. Engage. That's all, and, all he ever says. Engage. You, oh, sorry. Ow. <laughs> he didn't hit me that hard. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think the doctor might start going off on his techno babble and then data's just like what are you saying <laughs> yeah because here's the thing right what is the do- what is the doctor's classic strategy distract the enemy by talking a lot until, until he, he can, can do his plan can- yes um but that doesn't that that's not gonna work that's not for gonna him, work right? against john luke no yeah, way because john luke just shuts people down when they talk too much you're he, right he straight up tells wesley to shut up on the show <laughs> yeah all the yeah yeah I think you're right. I think if the Doctor tries to do his... Here's the thing. I think the Doctor could take over the Enterprise if he wants to with a sonic screwdriver. Yeah. I think if the Doctor tried to... So so that's a way he wins. I think if the Doctor tries to talk his way out of a situation, he will not be able to bullshit Jean-Luc. No. Uh, he, Picard will shut him down immediately and be like, no, I'm, I see through whatever you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. So technologically, I think the Doctor has the upper hand because all of the technology they have on the ship will be like a plaything to him. But his normal tactics aren't going to work against Picard. Okay. Fair. Um, so I think at that point in the episode, I don't know who is the winner, but at this point, they're going to team up. Right? Okay. Because the, uh, Picard's saying, what are you doing here? The doctor explains who he is. And I mean, they've you're right. They've dealt with Q before. Yeah. They're not that confused. Yeah. And I think, I think that's the thing is, uh, right. So Q's techniques are very similar to the doctor where he just talks and talks and talks mm-hmm. and talks until he can do his little magic snap thing. Um, but Jean-Luc... I mean, we're talking about, like, prime Enterprise. We're here. talking primo, primo Enterprise, primo Picard. Okay. So Jean-Luc's been through, like, three or four Q encounters at this point. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's, he knows these and omnipotent beings, and he's, like, he's ready to do it. He probably even thinks the Doctor is Q He at probably this point. does. He's like, oh, nice new disguise, Q. Sure, yeah. Sh- sure. Or some sort of Q entity, you know, right. one of the Qs. A Q adjacent. Yeah. Maybe S. That was, that was a bad joke. <laughs> and also, not right, because al- I got the alphabet wrong. Uh, I just said P-U-R. Dang it, I, no. suck at, I suck at the alphabet. It's okay. I have to sing um, the alphabet every time. Me too. <laughs> uh, We're smart. Um, yeah, so so what I want right now is I want a sweet cameo from sweet, sweet LeVar Burton. Uh, yes. Um, and I want him to, like, go into the TARDIS and look at its its big old pillar yeah, I think da- engine thingy. I think maybe this whole time Data and Jordy and mm-hmm. Wesley have figured Ugh. out how to open the TARDIS together. Okay. Which I think that David is David Tennant or the doctor is like during his thing with with Jean Luc, he's like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was sent here, I don't know why, but um I'll I'll take you to the TARDIS and it'll explain everything. He walks back to the TARDIS. What? They've opened it? Because they're not I mean, the Enterprise are no scrubs. Yeah, I mean and and the doctor's surprised, obviously, because in the words of the ninth doctor, even the collected hordes of Genghis Khan couldn't get through that door. Yeah, but a very heavy chain and a truck can. X Factor. Hmm. Is River Song in this episode? Oh, maybe, maybe later. Later? Yeah, I don't think she's in here yet. Okay, she, she's the perfect like uh, Deus Ex Machina that well, would come up. 
Yeah, because right at that, that would be very early River Song. Though, very early, right? Very Cause, early. Because yes. David Tennant, he, he wouldn't know who she was. That's yeah. the thing is, he wouldn't know who she was. Yeah. So it's it's less of a factor. But so they get into the TARDIS. They figure the TARDIS probably gives them some uh, vision or coordinates of the Borg coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I think from there they just team up to defeat the Borg. Probably. Like like they send the the doctors. They're like, oh, let's get an away team together. And the doctors like, um. I'm the away team. Just mm. send me and Donna, and or he says it's just send me, and then Donna convinces uh, convinces them. What's the oh gosh? What's the um, t- uh, the transporter guy's name? Broccoli? Barkley? No, no, no. Miles O'Brien. Miles O'Brien. Barkley's the creepy guy. <laughs> I thought Barkley did it for a while. Maybe, maybe after O'Brien got like promoted, but O'Brien was the main. Okay, so I think Donna convinces the transporter guy to send her in after the doctor. Because I think Donna, I mean, if we're being real, who wins in all of this? It's Donna. Okay, (laughs) sure. Donna gets her way no matter what, Um, except for when the very sad time when she didn't. Um, So, yeah, I think think from there it's just like they defeat the Borg together and they team up. Okay. So who wins in in this battle? Not the Borg. Not the Borg. I think maybe it's... I think in this scenario we put together, maybe technically Picard wins because he sort of is able to get the Doctor on his side. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I think in this scenario we put together that you're you're right. I think Picard wins in this sort of like battle of diplomacy and intelligence. Just yeah, just from pure statesmanship. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. Now let's get into another sort of aspect. I know we kind of rushed through the end of the episode, but I think that end of the episode is just going to be action packed. Yeah, the Doctor and the Borg ship. Running through, shooting sonic screwdrivers at things. Right, taking down the Borg Queen, and then all the Borgs are just like, and they fall apart. Mm-hmm. The classic take out the uh, the queen, the queen and the hive mind is destroyed. So, so alternative here. What if we have Jean Luc as Locutus? Oh. What if we throw that into this episode? So, so, so we think we David a... Tennant's about to win, but then turns out Borg Queen, right as David Tennant's about to take out the cube, right. She just reactivates the mm. cutest thing in Jean Luc's mind. So this is then we have a real legitimate fight. A real legitimate fight. So this is way later, um, Jean Luc. Well, yeah. So I'm talking like after the sixth season. Okay, that that is that's a twist, and then we have actual sort of evil Picard versus the Doctor. In that case, I think the Doctor wins. Oh yeah, I mean, I just want the Doctor to win because like Lacutus is terrible. Yeah, I think absolutely. Well, that that actually goes to what I was going to say next. Now, so uh, at this part of the podcast, I'd like to talk about. Who would win if these characters were acting out of character? Okay. So if Picard, if Picard, is, if his empathy and human compassion and intelligence is taken away, if he's Locutus, mm-hmm. I think he loses the fight. Okay, but so they're both acting out of character. So then we take away like the Donna Doctor. That's true. We get to 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 the specials Doctor, like Water of Mars Doctor, who who literally lights people on fire and right. and kills everyone. So then we have very dark Doctor who's ready to kill people to get his way. And mm-hmm. we have very dark Picard. Very dark Picard who's ready who's to assimilate to... anyone. Right. So that's the question is who wins if both of these people and their sort of trademark compassion and intelligence is removed from the situation? Now that's the question is these both these characters' greatest uh, attribute is their intelligence. Mm-hmm. So once you remove that from the scenario, if they're not – well, I guess their intelligence isn't removed from the scenario – but if they're acting out of character with their intelligence, who wins this fight? Exactly. I think it's still the Doctor in this hmm. area. Because I think... But but if if it's Locutus with the entire... I think if we go back to the original scenario, evil Picard with the Enterprise on his hands, 
depending on where, if the doctor's inside the Enterprise, I think the doctor wins because he takes over the Enterprise very easily. If the doctor's outside of the Enterprise, I think it's like all all photon torpedoes ahead. Doctor is now a, a crater in the ground. Okay. So I think it depends on who where they are. Yes. So all right. If the doctor is in the Enterprise, he takes it over easily and defeats evil Picard. If he's not, I think he's destroyed by the greater weapon systems of the Enterprise. Now, if he's in the TARDIS, he's fine. But yeah. the original scenario we said, Doctor, Sonic, Screwdriver, and Donna versus the entire Starship Enterprise led yeah. by Jean-Luc. Okay. So so I'm, I'm, I'm prone to agree with you here because I, I do think that the doctor, uh, David Tennant's doctor, towards the end of his career, I mean – he just got really ruthless, and he was—he he was, he was really willing to do anything that it took to do what he thought was right. I mean, I can see him if he felt like he had to, just crashing the Enterprise with him in it. Yeah, like he, did, he at the end he didn't care. So if we and you've—we've seen him also take out you know entire Dalek fleets. Yeah, like we've said. So I think if you if you remove the Doctor's uh, uh like passion for trying not to kill if he can, uh, I think he takes out the Enterprise pretty easily. Okay. Um, because I think Picard. I don't think they have the technology or the sort of because they are all very smart, but they're not as smart as the doctor. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't, and I don't think the collected sort of minds of Data and like Wesley and Geordi could figure out how to stop the doctor before the doctor figured out how to take them all down. Yes. That and once again, that's all saying like if the doctor was out was just on the planet and the Enterprise was in the air, it would be able to fry him pretty easily. Okay. Um, but in that initial initial scenario. If the Doctor's acting out of character and Picard's acting out of character, I think the Doctor takes it. Okay. Um, so what if we what if what if what if Picard as Locutus has like the Borg on his side? On his side. That's it. That's the other thing. Because now we're talking like classic Doctor Who episode where he's just facing overwhelming odds of like technological monsters. Yes. Now this goes into something else I like to talk about: plot armor. Which is sort of the thing that Batman has where he always gets to win fights because he's Batman. Yeah. And it makes for, like, he loses at first and then wins because it makes for the best story. So plot armor is people win uh, because it makes for a better story. Nice. Uh, now, plot armor-wise, if it's the Doctor versus a huge another huge horde of aliens like that are trying to take over everything, the Doctor's got to win. Yeah. And I think realistically, he probably loses that fight. Oh, yeah. Like realistically, the doctor, like the, the Cyberman and the Daleks, should have killed the Doctor a thousand times. Mm-hmm. But he's protected by the plot and also by their fear of his sort of reputation. Yeah, and so they never actually take him down. Sometimes, also, you know, a lot of times by his own wherewithal and, and intelligence. But a lot of times, it's just because the plot, like they could have zapped him so many times and they didn't because it was like, well, the story needs to keep happening. Yeah. So I think with plot armor, the Doctor wins. I think without plot armor, probably. I th- is it a better story? I think it's, well, since we've set up this whole, like, one versus many situation, mm-hmm. I think it's a better story if the Doctor wins. Does it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it, either way, if it's with the Borg ship or with the Enterprise. If the Doctor wins, it's it's more fun because you have that one versus many. Yeah. But if it's the Doctor versus just Picard, better story? What okay. do you think? So are we just having one on one here? Like a one on one, yeah. So is this? Are we back to like original Picard? Or are we talking Lacuta? I think stuff? I think original Picard. These guys are both in character now with plot armor. With what makes the better story? I mean, we've written a sort of fan fiction episode where they kind of both get to use their um, strengths and like come out on top a couple times. But if they were actually having to subdue the other one and win, what makes the better story with just Picard versus the, versus the Doctor? 
All right, so here, here's what I'm thinking for this scenario now. We got them both, and they're just they're just stuck. They're stuck in, like, an isolated planet. We got the classic, like, Star Trek living on a cave thing. Sure. And no one can find them, right? Enterprise can't find them. Donna can't we're find them. We're doing a bottle episode because we didn't have the budget, so we're, they're going to be in a cave. Nice. <laughs> um, all right, so let's just run through some personal history for these characters. Uh, we got the Tenth Doctor, who has shown... He's he's willing to be physical when it takes when it when it takes it. Sure. Uh, he's been through the time war. Sure. He's wiped out the Dalek race, uh, not really, but he he thought that he had. Um, right. Uh, and 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 you know he's he's the last of the Time Lords, so he's he's ready to he's ready to to get jiggy with it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's ready to survive. Yes. Uh, no matter but what then it takes. we have John Luke Picard, mm-hmm. who was stabbed through his freaking heart. <laughs> yes. And lived. Um, yes. and is also has risen to become the captain of the flagship of the Federation. Mm-hmm. So we've got we've got some serious experience on both sides here. Both men Absolutely. who've lived through wars. John Luke has he's brawled with the Romulans. You know he's yeah. no slouch. He's no slouch. <laughs> yes, and that's why I think, and I think that's the I think that's what makes Doctor Who great is you get to see the human compassionate side of the doctor win mm-hmm. and that's what makes it fun to watch so i think if it's just the two of them it it's with plot armor it becomes a better story if picard wins yeah because i would rather see a scrappy guy who built his way up front you know rose the way through the ranks is now the captain of his own ship uh because of his own just abilities and intelligence and um wisdom and able to react calmly under pressure Against a basically immortal alien with far superior technology. Yeah, and he's just a he's just a ragamuffin. He just steals ships and runs around. Yeah, right? which is, uh, it, he's a he's a criminal. Yeah, <laughs> and I think I think the and this this comes down almost every fight comes down to Batman versus Superman, and in this case, like Picard is sort of Batman. Yeah, he Batman wor- without the technology. Without the technology, and then Superman, you know, and then the Doctor is this sort of immortal alien. Yeah. Uh, so I think with plot armor in this scenario, if they're both in a cave and they have to now, does it get physical? Does it is it words? It's probably words. Let's probably be honest. Words. But I think I think Picard, and I think the way he wins is he appeals to the Doctor's compassion. Hmm. Good. Good point. I don't think okay. he. I don't think he talks him down. I don't think he berates him. I don't think he gets in a physical fight. I think Picard just appeals to the human nature of the Doctor. Nice. And the Doctor is always going to. Uh, take care of someone else before he takes care of himself. Nice. Okay. So here's the scenario I'm seeing here now. Uh, so we we got we got we got these two people, right? We got these two individuals, mm-hmm. and they're they're hanging out in this cave. But there's something going on outside of the cave, and they got to decide what the best course of action is. I'm thinking the doctor. I don't know. He's he he wants to just get out of there. Something bad's about to go down. But Picard's trying to like fix what's happening on the surface of this planet or something. Sure. So we got like we got some civilization. It's about to be wiped out. Yeah, or something like that. Now, I, I was also thinking like maybe only one of them can leave. Maybe oh. that's maybe that's the issue. Are they trying to convince the other person to leave? Because that's a compelling fight. Because you know that would that would be both of them. Yeah, they would. I I think you're right. I think I think both these men are. I think I think Picard, if he wanted to leave and thought that he should leave and he, it would be better for everybody, would be able to convince the doctor that he should go. Because we've seen the doctor is willing to sacrifice himself. Mm-hmm. Now, I think if the, if Picard thought the doctor should go, he would absolutely also sacrifice himself and say, "No, you should go." So that's the thing. Both these men are so compassionate. I think, I think one on one with their actual strengths, which are not physical combat, it's almost a stalemate. So wait, 
So are we having a compassion battle now? I think it's a compassion battle. Okay. I think this is the first time and this is the first episode where it's gone come down to the sort of uh, uh, intangible uh, qualities as opposed to uh, physical com- c- combat prowess. Mm. So yeah, I think we're in a compassion off right now, and I okay. honestly don't know who wins. Okay, so so let's let's put this in terms of like actual episodes. So what do we got here? You got the doctor, and the doctor just makes everyone his companion. You know. Yes. So so what what do we got? Is we got a new like temporary companion. And yes, he's kind of one of and we, which we see in a lot in Doctor Who episodes where you yeah. have a guest star and they're sort of a pseudo companion for a time. Yeah, like Craig. Yes, excellent example. Yeah, James Corden. James, beautiful man. Okay, so. The Doctor is loath to lose any of his, his, his companions. Absolutely. Like we saw in the Titanic episode mm-hmm. with the Australian pop singer whose name escapes me. Me too, but she was great. Yeah. So the Doctor's not going to want to lose his, his little temporary companion. But Jean-Luc Picard, he's, he's the captain. And he doesn't want to lose a crew member. Yeah. And he now has a pseudo crew member on his hands. Exactly. And you, you, know, you know that Jean-Luc would lay down his life to save Riker. Or I mean, we've seen it a thousand times. Exactly. And that, that that Picard will gladly put himself at risk to save his crew. Mm-hmm. So he has a new small crew right here, and just the Doctor. So yeah, in a compassion battle, who who is able to talk the other one into sacri- to Ooh. taking care of themselves, or trick the other one into or leaving. trick? So I think the here's the thing: they either have to convince or trick the other one into being selfish. And I think <laughs> the convincing's not going to work. No, because they're both too they'll, smart. Yeah, they'll realize within a couple of seconds of arguing. That that's not going to go anywhere. So then they have to fool the other person into leaving. See, now, if we're talking about trickery... The doctor's going to win. I think the doctor's going to win. Mm-hmm. So I think in this battle of compassion, <laughs> the doctor is able to trick Jean-Luc Picard into being the selfish one and choosing to save himself. Or, not even choosing to save himself, he's able to, to trick, trick him into thinking that he's saving the doctor yeah. by leaving. Or Ex- something or like something that. Like yeah, so I don't think that you can trick Jean-Luc into being selfish, but I think you can totally trick Jean-Luc into doing, like, you just, you, you make him, you know, the doctor does his little sleight of hand, makes, makes Jean-Luc look the wrong way, and then negotiates with the aliens or whatever. Right, and then all of a sudden, it's, it's like the million times when the doctor's like, hey, go back to the TARDIS and, like, take my sonic screwdriver. Uh, yeah. There and then, okay. And then you get stuck so in the TARDIS because you can't the help anymore. The doctor pretends like he has the solution to get them both out of there. Sends Jean-Luc to go do this right. mission. He's and like, he's "Hey, stuck. go sonic screwdriver this door." Doesn't tell the doctor sonic screwdriver doesn't work on wood. Yep. And then he's stuck there, and Jean-Luc survives. Now, at the end of the episode, they both get to live, but we see the doctor use his very vast intelligence and just sort of cleverness. Because mm-hmm. I think if we're if we're talking about the British form of clever. The Doctor is more clever. He's than very Jean. clever. Yes, Picard is very clever, but he's more smart than he is clever. Mm-hmm. And he's got book smarts. He's got book smarts, and the Doctor is very clever. And I think he's able to. I think in this in this weird battle of reverse compassion and regular compassion, the Doctor wins in that respect. But you know, I think this was the best battle that could possibly be made because it, it it is the battle that both of these shows always comes down to. Right, and and it's because I mean, Star Trek is about a the most positive future we can imagine for humanity. Yeah, better people, better people, and the Doctor is about positivity and optimism, the, the universality of compassion. Right? Yes, because he's uh, an alien we, who has human nature, mm-hmm, and it's about that winning over negativity. Yeah. and and evil. If we make our sort of fan fiction episode, I think it would work out similar to that, where they both have 
successes and failures when they're trying to sort of one up the other. Mm-hmm. Um, and when it comes to technology, the Doctor wins. When it comes to pure firepower, the Enterprise and Jean Luc wins. Yep. If they're but when it comes down to them as people, they're almost it's almost a stalemate when it comes to their compassion and empathy. But I think you're right. I think the Doctor would finagle his way into tricking Jean Luc to save himself. Yeah. That's my conclusion. I wholeheartedly agree. Yep. So I said the Doctor would win first, so I think I won. Just kidding. It's not a debate. <laughs> we said that. Now, if they're both acting out of character, I think, once again, the Doctor wins. If we have sort of evil uh, or evil Doctor and evil Jean-Luc who don't care about um, saving people or, do- or killing people, I think uh, the Doctor wins. But also, like once again, we said the, techno- the firepower goes to the Enterprise, so they'd be able to take him out if they had the ship on their side. Without and the doctor didn't have doesn't have the TARDIS like we said. Yeah. But I want to do one final matchup. Okay. All right. Patrick Stewart versus David Tennant in a Shakespeare off. Ooh. Yeah. I think Patrick Stewart just has time on his side. He's got the experience on his hands on and his side. and the voice. Because the thing is, David Tennant just doesn't have that rich that's true Shakespearean voice. I do I do enjoy David Tennant's voice for all of you fangirls out there who <laughs> And fanboys. And fanboys who are just a little hurt. But um He does have a I mean, here's the thing. They have different voices. David Tennant's voice is not as pleasant to listen to in yeah. every respect. Cuz cuz Patrick Stewart, he's got Oh, don't hit me. <laughs> no, you're right cuz David uh, Patrick Stewart has maybe it's hard to say what makes a Shakespearean voice, but Patrick Stewart does have Being a much more classically English, English yeah. classical English sort of like received pronunciation than Queen's English voice, uh, whereas David Tennant is Scottish, first off. Yeah. But when he does his sort of uh, typical English accent, it's not as sort of um, melodious to listen to. And it's, it's oh. also not he doesn't have his, he doesn't have as deep a voice as uh, Patrick Stewart, which, yeah. not saying that deep voices are better, but listen to both our voices. Mm-hmm. Mm, hello. <laughs> so, so give me a role. Give uh, me a role at playing here. Uh, I think Hamlet, both of them doing Hamlet, because I think Patrick Stewart has played Hamlet. Well, he's half. Well, Hamlet, okay. Right? He, I think he's played every he's role played in Shakespeare. Every role. See, I was going to go with, like, a a King Lear, because I don't want to, like, oh, yeah, extrap- let's do Lear. Let's I don't want to extrapolate back to when Patrick Stewart was young. I want to extrapolate forward to so when, when David, David Tennant's going to be that's a good old. call. That's a good call. Yeah, let's do Lear. Um... I think honestly, I think David Tennant would be a cooler Lear than than Patrick Stewart. Uh, you know, I think he might play Lear better because that kind of crazy, but, like having to kind of go crazy. Yeah, but, I get like, I mean, Patrick Stewart can play anything. He's an amazing actor. Have you have you seen his Macbeth? Because uh, he goes really crazy. I, I I think I've seen clips of it. It's a fantastic Macbeth. But I can see I can see the manic energy of David Tennant at, in like an older man okay. as King Lear. And I think that would be very compelling. So yeah, I mean, who is old David Tennant but Ian McKellen? Ooh. And oh, Ian McKellen whoa. played King Lear. You're right. Yeah. Wow. You're very right. And it's perfect. Yeah. That's a good... Well, it, I guess you, I guess it breaks down from role to role then. Yeah. So I, I don't think we can make a decision uh, who wins Shakespearean's style. True. Versus... Okay. So instead of acting, um, I'm going to say like in terms of who I would rather hear read me a Shakespearean monologue, it's Patrick, Patrick Stewart. Stewart. Absolutely. I would rather I would I would rather Patrick Stewart read me anything than David Tennant. Which no offense, David Tennant, I love you. You've got an amazing voice and you're so great and your technique's amazing, but it's Patrick Stewart. I feel like he would agree with us though. David Tennant would absolutely I think David Tennant would also love Patrick Stewart to read him anything. David Tennant is he's cool enough to know that Patrick Stewart is the coolest. Yeah. I mean, and also probably has mad respect for him. I mean they've worked together and they're, isn't that, they're, they're that's colleagues. amazing. 
That's amazing. That they work together? Yeah. Right? It makes me happy. Um, so, oh, and also, I mean, hold on. If we're talking like, if we're talking David Tennant versus uh, Patrick Stewart, we've seen it in Hamlet, in the Royal Shakespeare Company's Hamlet. And spoiler alert, Claudius dies. Which, Hamlet that's, that's dies. not, yeah. So, so, yeah, but also that's not like, they, they do kill each other. Uh, yeah. But that's also not like an indication of their acting ability. No, you're right. You're right. If, but I was thinking of a time when these two people actually fought. Uh, mm-hmm. Who won? But I think that's just gonna about wrap it up. Uh, so th- there was v- these were this was a very even match this time. It was very even match in a lot of ways. I think we I think we picked a really good matchup. But I think in in most scenarios we found that the doctor would win. Uh, but there are a couple scenarios if they have the super, like for instance the firepower of the Enterprise that Jean Captain Jean Luc Picard and the crew of the Enterprise would be able to take home the victory. Now they would work together in most situations. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Well, I'm going to wrap up here. I got some people to thank. Uh, thank you to Claire Austin Smith for our artwork that is on our SoundCloud and Facebook page. Go like the Facebook page. Uh, just look up Super Fights and like us there. Also like us on SoundCloud. It's also called Super Fights. And if you'd like to leave us a review and a rating on iTunes, that would be super cool because that helps us get on the charts so more people will listen. Um, be sure, feel free to share this with all your friends and everything. Also. If you have any questions or comments about this episode, if you think that either Joel or I were crazy wrong and that Picard would win way more often, please feel free to email me at superfightscast at gmail.com, spelled all normally. And yeah, let me know if we were super wrong. Or also email me, let me know if you have any ideas for future matchups that you'd really think would be really good. Uh, Joel, do you have anything you want to say here? Uh, You know, I think I'm good. Thank you for having me on. You're well. Thank you for being on. Uh, I was very excited to. I know this episode's coming up late, but I was very excited to be coming home for the weekend, and I thought it would be a lot of fun to have my brother on the podcast, and it was a lot of fun. And also, Joel is one of the most foremost experts on uh, Star Trek and Doctor Who that I know. Um, well, those those two combined, there are people who are no more, but in where where those two intersect, I was like, I can't think of anybody better than Joel Robinson. <laughs> Uh, nothing to plug for Joel because he's just about to be in college. <laughs> yep. So, don't uh, no shows for you to see for my little brother. Um, and also, one more people to thank uh, our sister Janae and her husband Casey Krynas for recording the theme music f- for this episode and for all future episodes. Thank you so much for that. And that's about it. So, I can't remember what I did last time for my sign-off phrase. I'm trying to think of a good one. Super, it's like super fights, and it's an arena. And I can't remember what I said last time, but I think I said, like, get out of the arena. No, it was the arena's closed. That's pretty good. All right, Joel, say the arena's closed. Are you ready? The, the arena's, arena's closed. closed.